This week's episode is brought to you by the Bamboo Forest publishing release of Hollow World by Nick Proberski. Available now from all major booksellers. Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And it was just my birthday. And it was fun. And I didn't even get to tell George about it yet. So we decided I would just tell George during a trip report. Yeah, because it'll be like we're all experiencing it together for the first time. Except for me, because I experienced it the other day. But for you guys, it'll be new. Oh, I saw a lot of the photos on Facebook. Oh, that's true. I did post a lot of pictures throughout the day. Yeah, so, so it's you, kind of like a spoiler thing. There are, there, yeah, I guess, yeah. But it's yeah. So, we, so you can look at the pictures while I'm talking about it, oh, and it could okay. be like Hold a on. like a book that talks to you. Hold on, Facebook.com. It's it's B O O K. That's that's okay. the Facebook okay. book. I know you have trouble spelling that word sometimes. Yeah, well, too many others. What can I say? Yeah. So let's let's talk about my birthday. Happy birthday to you. You know I started recording, right? So that's going to be in the beginning of this segment. I'm just going to leave it there. Oh, I thought it was part of it. I thought I was supposed to wish you a happy oh, birthday. Oh, I mean, you, it could be. That's fine with me. I mean, I'm on board with that idea. Fine. And you said you said sing it all sexy like. I did like not Marilyn say Monroe. that. For the record, I did not say that whatsoever. <laughs> um, those words have never escaped my lips before in my entire life, especially right this moment in time. Anyway, let's get to the trip report. So, <laughs> for my birthday, I turned the big three zero for those you yep. out there keeping count. Um... I was surprised with a bunch of fun things that I had no idea that I was doing. I was told that my, because my parents came in, so I was told the day before that they wanted to go sightseeing, which I knew was a lie because my my mother does not like to sightsee, especially in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, so that's how I knew something was up. But I was surprised by my wonderful fiance Martina. She uh, she arranged a tour of the the Warner Brothers Studio tour. Um, which was wonderful, and then I was surprised after that by going to the Tam O'Shantner for lunch, where it has a Ooh. lot of Disney history. And then later on, yeah. I already knew, but we went to Delusion, which was a interactive play slash haunted house, which was fantastic. But what um, is up with you and all these haunted houses, dude? I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta at least do Delusion next year because it was an interactive show and it was it blew my mind. But I'll get to that again. George has not heard any of this before because I didn't nope. get a chance to talk to him about it yet, so he'll be hearing this for the first time too. Um, so I, I, I will be uh, shocked as everyone else. Yes, just as shocked and amazed. <sighs> um, so the Warner Brothers tour was incredible. Probably the best uh, movie studio tour I have ever been on. It was, um, there was about 10 of us in our group all together. Most of it was people that was with me. And then there was three other random girls. Two were from England and one was from like Florida or something that happened to be on our tour. So a tour guide, his name was Dale. He was fantastic. And he knew, he was told beforehand that one of my favorite movies is Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So he stopped at every single place on the lot that was had even a remote connection to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, 
We saw how, how spectacular. It was yeah. awesome. The pet shop yeah. at the end of the film. It, we saw that. I saw Madame <laughs> Ruby's. I saw yeah. the the lagoon that he floats across uh, um, when he gets his bike back during the, oh, the yes. studio chase. Um, we went to the the sound stage that you know all their sound stages have their the significant movies and television shows that were filmed there. We went to the one that um that a lot of stuff from Pee Wee was filmed at. I mean it was unbelievable. And I'm a big movie guy. I mean that's what I went to school for. So seeing all this stuff up close and personal. And our tour guide was like, well, we're not supposed to do this, but it's a weekend and nobody's here. And I like this stuff, so we're gonna do it anyway. Come on. So we went we did <laughs> things we weren't supposed to do. We went places we weren't supposed to go. Um, it was really cool. So if, if you guys are in the Southern California area, if you're in Los Angeles, and, and if you like movies, definitely do the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. Um, it was fantastic, and it was a great surprise, and I really, really enjoyed it. You would enjoy it too, George. I can't believe you got to see all those Pee Wee Herman spots. I, I mean, know. It was, just, it was so cool. It, it, it was just like, wow. I, I know our, our good friend Donnie was probably dying. Well, funny enough, I was I, I showed our tour guide the picture of and, and I don't know if you guys know Donnie. Donnie is a he he writes a I'm a blogger Debbie uh, Dottie a rebel, um, great blog, and he he actually has a Pee Wee bike and a Pee Wee suit. So I had to show that picture to our tour guide because he was a big Pee Wee fan too, and he thought that was fantastic. Um, so wow. he got some credit on that one. Uh, but Very then cool. afterward, Very we cool. drove to the Tam O'Shanter for lunch. We could not sit at Walt's table because there was nine of us and it only seats four. But it was really cool to be there. It was very authentic. They had a UK uh, phone booth um, thing outside, no phone inside, so we couldn't do any <laughs> trivia. Uh, for those of you who are on the, like, the Facebook page, you saw me posting a picture of it because I thought it was very cool. Exactly. Um, but the booth now, it was cool in there. I mean, you, it was a lot of history to begin with, but the Disney connection, I thought, made it even cooler in my mind. Yeah, and, and you know I don't want to insert a commercial right here, but we are going to visit the Tam O'Shanter at the uh, Communitor. Yes, yes, and I actually can't wait to go back because the food was delicious and it was very history filled, and it was cool to see the table. Here's wait, here's the, the downside. The food was history filled? No, 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 no. The food was delicious. The place was history filled. Oh, oh, gotcha. I missed yeah. that part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Good. Sorry about that. But um. The, the one thing I didn't like was, you know, during the summer they had that, that interactive game, The Optimist, um, and part of it was you had to go to the Tam O'Shantner, and I was under the assumption that um, they took the table, Walt's table, out, and they put a new table in because it had carvings and stuff on it, but it turns out they actually took the original table and they carved stuff into it for the Optimist game and put it back, which, to me, is kind of upsetting that they kind of defaced the original table that Walt and his Imagineers would sit at and do stuff for but i mean it's still there so i guess there's that maybe wow yeah yeah um, that's kind of was a little upset by that but overall it was a cool experience to be in there um i definitely recommend eating there as well if you're in the area or you come with us on the community tour hint hint nudge nudge because that's going to be awesome <laughs> and then finally <laughs> we're trying to push this. no not that we're trying to push it all but i really can't wait to go back for no. that and then we did delusion <laughs> which could be a segment all by itself um it was unlike anything I've ever experienced before. It, it was like living in a movie, essentially. You go in groups of 10, and the story is that there's a plague outside, and this is a refuge that you come to because there's doctors that will treat you, quote-unquote, and the doctors wear the plague masks, you know, those long beak things. And it's the 1930s, I think the story was, in the 1940s, but it turns out people are starting to disappear from the sanctuary, and... Um, 
you get pulled into this story of finding out what the doctors are actually doing and like you know sometimes they'll pull two or three people away from the group at a time and make them do something else while the rest of the group is doing something else entirely and you just get really immersed in this story and i was i was amazed it was wonderful um uh martina went and she never does this kind of stuff she hid behind me the entire time um my father went he never does this kind of stuff he had a blast and I really can't say enough good things about it. I mean, it runs through the end of November, and I'm very much considering going back again because I had so much fun doing it. Um, I was horrified. I was terrified at parts, but it was a, a, a wonderful, wonderful um, show. That's what it was. It was a show. It, it was a living theater, and you were part of it. It was You became part of the story. You had to act these roles out. You had to be these people. And if you got into it, you would enjoy the hell out of it. So... I think that's what I will start you on when you come out here wow. next year, George. You will come to that one first, <laughs> and then then we'll do the ha- do. haunted house mazes at Knots and stuff. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm scared already. So, and and I guess we should make a, a disclaimer that although this was free for you because it was your birthday, somebody else yes. in your immediate family, you <laughs> someone else paid. Yes. Well, <laughs> it, I actually I did pay for Delusion because I knew that one was coming. Oh, okay. That was already planned, but I did not pay for the studio tour of the Tam O'Shander. I actually have no idea how much the the lunch was. I have no idea how much the studio tour costs. Um, but whatever it was, totally worth the price. I'm telling you that right now. And so was Delusion. So, so you sort of. But you sort of felt like a, a mommy blogger for the day. Uh, essentially, yes, minus the dragon, thankfully, because uh, I don't want to see any dragons. Um, but no. yeah, it was a great birthday, and I really can't thank Martina and my family and uh, Norm and Todd and my friends and everybody else who was there with me enough um, for making that day special for me. And I even even Dale, our tour guide, he was a nice guy. So thank you too, Dale. And <laughs> um, let's I want to go do it again. So let's you know let's plan a day for delusion, George. Come on, let's do it. He's a nerd, he's a geek, because we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. So we're going to start off talking about the Book of the Week. We're talking about a famous movie company, Pixar. You know, Pixar has had a huge string of releases, and each release, the critics and fans are like, is this going to be the one that fails? You know, they've had 10 out of 10 fantastic films. Well, you know, I'm here to tell you that Uh, I'd like to compare Bamboo Forest Publishing to Pixar because we just got their fifth publication uh, preview copy of it, and I have to say, it is spectacular. And Bamboo Forest Publishing is five for five in my book. So uh, we're talking this week about the new release, which we mentioned at the top of the show. I guess I should tell everybody about that. It's called Hollow World by Nick Bogorski, and uh, this is fiction that takes place at Walt Disney World. And anyone who listens to us knows we're not really big fans of fiction at Disney parks because often they... It's terrible. Yes, often it's terrible. I'm not afraid to say it. I'll come out and say it. Most of the time it's terrible. Or they change, you know, and that's, you know, us Disney fans, we don't like that. Um, There have been a few, you know, like Disneylanders by Kate Abbott. We loved that book. And Our Kingdom of Dust, another publication from Bamboo Forest Publishing, was also a fantastic read, you know. Um, both of those titles were written by authors that have a love of the parks and an intimate knowledge of the geography. So, you know, when Hollow World sort of tumbled across our desks, I know we were both excited about it. Not just because it's a Bamboo Forest title, but the uh, advanced material that we, we looked at showcased, and uh, I'm doing air quotes, an exciting and fast-paced story. 
and and on the cover it's got flaming monorails. You you can't go wrong with a flaming monorail. It's got to be awesome with the flaming monorails. I mean, come on, come on. So, yeah. So, like like George was saying, I, I, overall, again, fiction at any of the Disney parks usually doesn't sit well. But I was I was very much uh, enthralled with this. Not not because you know a lot of people they they will take the Walt Disney World setting or the Disney Park setting and they will make it you know it's a gimmick. Hey, look at me. We're at we're at Disney World. Yeah. That's not the case here. It, you know, granted, it does take place at Walt Disney World, but it's it's just the setting. It's it's not something to, like, boost sales, and it actually makes sense in the context of the story. And since I said the word story, let me just tell you that the story <laughs> is really, really awesome. Um, yes, yes. It had me guessing at parts. It was a lot of twists and turns. It was like reading an action movie, and I, I couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was really, really well done and really well written. Yeah, uh, you, we sort of talked earlier, and you mentioned it's sort of like a cat and mouse game, and no pun intended with the mouse part. But you know, as soon as I started Nick's book, I mean, even within the first few pages, uh, he had me on the edge of my seat uh, until the end. And it's not just an action-packed novel. It, Nick really does a great job of writing action. He really does. It, it doesn't feel burdened. You know, you're not expecting, oh, and there was a large explosion. I mean, he really describes the action very well. Nick has seen uh, a couple of action movies, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he may have, yeah. Yeah, I've seen this compared to Die, Hard, to Die Hard, you know, but it's really got a fantastic story as well. And, you know, and, and it really had me guessing, just like Jeff said. I, I did not, you know, I knew how I wanted it to end, and I was hoping it was going to get there at the end. Yeah, you know, exactly. You don't say anything about the flaming monorails. No, not at no. well. It's already on the cover, so there's that spoiler alert right there. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I mean, and it, and it wasn't just action the entire time. I mean, Nick writes characters that are actually believable and likable. At least the characters you're supposed to like, and you know, he hints at their backstories. And they're they're people I wouldn't mind seeing in future installments and in other books. Um, hint, 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 nudge, hint. nudge. There, there yes. was some uh, some prequel short stories that they also released online as a free download from iTunes and uh, on Amazon and everything. So you got to learn a little bit more about the characters if you wanted to, which was cool. But uh, the characters were very well written, and they fit right into the book. Um, and the, the book had a great sense of humor, I thought. I thought it was very well done. Oh, it did. It did. And uh, there was even a few shout-outs to some semi-famous uh, Disney Internet celebrities or just Internet celebrities. Yeah, you should I join guess. them, shall you? I yeah, I shall, shall I? Who, me? What? What? Um, anyway, so, <laughs> well, okay, so, you know, this this could be a different title, so who who is going to enjoy this book? And Aside from you know, us. Well, aside from us, of course. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of suspense stories, and I hate to use the word suspense, but it's suspense, there's intrigue, there's action, there's fantastic characters that have been developed in this. Um, you know, there, there is a fair amount of violence in the novel. You know, hey, that's okay. It's nothing... That you haven't seen in any R-rated action adventure movie, and but but nothing really seems out of place for any of the characters, which is, you know, the the hallmark of a good storyteller itself. You know, you believe the characters would act a certain way in a certain situation. Um, you know, the language is fairly adult as well, and you know, even saying that, I think most Disney fans are really going to enjoy this one. It's, it's a great read. It's a yeah. lot of fun. I agree. I agree. I will give it the two. Communicore Weekly, thumbs up. Yeah, and I'll give it two, so that's four. Um, and, you know, we've been paying attention to some of the other advanced press, and I think people are liking it, and they're going to enjoy it. Yeah. So make sure you pick up a copy of it, whether you buy the Kindle version or the 
paperback or the hardback version. They got them all for sale. And uh, this one is Hollow World by Nick Berberski. What we liked, what we didn't like, yay's in the booze! 60 Second Review! Okay, for this week's 60 Second Review, we're looking at two new Blu-ray releases, prime for the holidays, or not. Uh, uh, the first one is Winnie the Pooh, A Very Merry Pooh Year, Gift of Friendship Edition. And the second one is the 30th anniversary of Mickey's Christmas Carol on Blu-ray. And I really feel like my voice is laden with sardonic snark. I'm not sure, but obviously... Do you need a thesaurus? I, it sounded like you need a thesaurus yeah, there. I need some more words on top of that. So, well, I'll start off with the bat. Uh, we watched Winnie the Pooh, A Very Merry Pooh Year first, and I didn't finish it. I was on my phone looking at Instagram, posting on Facebook. I think I looked up at one time and Pooh was... Fight, no, Rabbit was fighting jelly beans, and they turned out to be, um, <laughs> it was weird. It was very <laughs> did, did you unsettling. see it back in 2002 when it originally came out? Let's start there. No, no, you I did, did not see so it. So this was your back. first time seeing it? This was my first time seeing it, okay. and the animation was poor, and the storyline was bleh. Well, I think it suffered from the same thing that a lot of the direct-to-DVD sequels did, and I, I agree. The story, I remember seeing it in 2002 and not liking it then. And I disliked it even more now, <laughs> if that's possible. Yeah, well, it seemed kind of a weird... Uh, you, you, at first, you're watching it, you put it in, you're like, what's wrong with my TV? Oh, it's in the full frame. So, yeah. It's yeah, it wasn't restored or retouched in any way, which I found very odd. Mm -hmm. They just scaled it up for Blu-ray, and it was still full frame, so it still looked like I was watching it back in 1994, even though it came out in 2002. But it looked like I was watching it on the TV in 1994, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what's going on here? So it couldn't keep my attention. You know, I thought the storyline was pretty lame and pretty bad. I keep saying that over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> it, it just didn't look very good. It sounded fine. No big problems with that. It wasn't beautiful. Nothing stopped out. But there was just really nothing extra with a DVD either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, if you had the DVD, I don't think it's warranted to buy this one. I, even with the extras, I had, you know, six minutes worth of songs of, you know, yeah, from, yeah. from the film. You could play with the lyrics or without the lyrics. doesn't matter. They're still terrible songs anyway. So. <laughs> yes, they were. Um, so we're saying th this is ridiculous. And yeah. this is a sign of This was a, a cheap tie-in for the Christmas season, I would say. Uh -huh. Uh-huh, yep. So, so all right, let's move on to Mickey's Christmas Carol, which is a much-beloved tale. You know, it w debuted in 1983. I believe it was a theatrical release in front of the Black Cauldron. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, I've seen it a million times. I love it. It's a part of every holiday. It's 25 minutes long, and it comes with, what, seven other uh, extras? Or, f no, no, one, two, three, four... Five, five other little shorts. Um, five other little shorts, which throughout the Disney Company's history, including a new one from this year based on the new animation. Yeah. Yep, Yodelberg. But you're basically paying, you know, twenty dollars for a Blu-ray of Mickey's Christmas Carol for like thirty-five minutes worth of content. And, and you know what? I would, I would be okay with that, um, mostly because it's it's a great story. However, they they make yes. they they have this released as a digital restoration, and it looks terrible. 
Um, yeah. it, to me, it looks like somebody photoshopped it in like HDR stuff. Everything looks soft and smeary and it's not a good transfer. I mean, looking back at the old DVD of it I have, it looks better on the DVD than it does on this Blu-ray. And to me, that's upsetting. Yeah, I, you're right. There was something I didn't like about it. And it wasn't until you said that, that I realized, yeah, it just didn't look as good as I wanted to, you know, um, my nine-year-old or my 10-year-old avoided doing his homework while we watched it, so I guess it kept his attention. You know, I, I like it, and I'd like to recommend people buy Mickey's Christmas Carol because I, I love it. It was sort of like part of the beginning of the rebirth of Disney animation, but I, I can't. I can't justify paying $25 for a Blu-ray with just this and five other features. So, If you really want the, the film, I would suggest getting the old DVD, the, the last release on DVD that came out because it looks yeah. a lot better than the Blu-ray. Yes. That, that is yeah. just my suggestion. Any yeah, I agree good way that. of testing that, um, if you get the Blu-ray, you put in your, your player on the menu itself, look at the film as it plays on the menu, and then compare it to the film that you're actually going to watch, and you'll see how different it looks between the two, and it, it just looks terrible. The menu looks fantastic, because that's the old animation they didn't restore, um, yeah. but the actual film, bad. Very bad. Yeah. So, uh, wow, four thumbs down on this one. I would say yeah, all around, four thumbs down, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. So for this week's Five Like a Goat, we're going to do something a little bit differently. Um, we're actually going to let one of you guys, one of our cadets, tell us what the Five Like a Goat is. So uh, Minnesota Minnie is a longtime listener, and she actually called the Kunoka Weekly Hotline, and she left us a Five Like a Goat on it. So we are going to play that goat on the show because I thought it was so good. So let's hear what she has to say. Hey, Kunoka Weekly. So this is at Minnesota Minnie, and I thought I would leave you a voice Five Like a Goat. So I used to work at Camp Minnie Mickey in Animal Kingdom. Rest in peace, slowly. Uh, and my five-legged goat was told to me when I was actually doing my declamation or our orientation. Um, and that was that our area was actually built backwards. So when you come down, uh, guest flow in any Disney park is usually left. There people walking on the right and then an exit on the left, just like our roads. Well, the fun thing about Camp Mini Mickey is that we actually have to have a greater position that's positioned right at the end of the second bridge, the little bridge, right by, uh, just after the flagpole. And the reason for this is because at that point is where the mistake occurs, the five-legged ghost. Turns out that the uh, blueprint got turned upside down. And everything was built in a mirror reflection of what it should be. So you should be walking down Camp Mini Mickey and along the stream, and then on your right-hand side should be the Festival of the Lion King show, the main attraction people will be walking into, guest flow. And then when you would exit out further down, on your left-hand side should be the character meet and greets. Turns out it's the opposite right now, or will be shortly. <laughs> um, so instead, everything got turned. And the story was is that they were uh, building it so fast and so last minute that nobody was able to check the plans. And so when they got turned upside down, they stayed turned upside down until someone finally came over and showed uh, one of the contractors the correct way to be reading a blueprint. Uh, I was actually able to find some proof of this in the uh, Animal Kingdom book that uh, I read while I was, again, working at 
Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, and so you can look it up yourself as well. The thing about the picture is that it's actually a, a sort of a watermarked picture. It's not the featured image um, on the page. But there's a page that has um, some details about Camp Mini Mickey. And you can also see that all of our backstage attraction um, buildings are the original construction site uh, uh, trailers. They turned into what we call the MASH trailers. And they even have the same uh, signs and, and little nooks and crannies that uh, I, I used every day for four years. So that's my fun little five like a goat. Wow, that was fantastic. It, it was so exciting to hear that uh, from Minnesota Minnie, especially because she was a former cast member, and to hear her perspective on it and how stuff changed. Yeah, I guess, I, and then they found out. I think I think that's kind of cool. And you know, and if any of you guys have any five legged goats that we have not covered before, I think this could be a trend. If you if you want to hey. send one in, give give us a call on the hotline, and we'd love to to play it. Definitely, definitely. So, well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening to us. Yeah, be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes. Yep. Email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com in case you don't want to leave a message on the GOAT line. Yeah, so. well, you, you, you can always also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly and leave us a message there as well. Yeah, and post photos and stuff like that there too. And follow us both on Twitter and Instagram. We've got the exact same log, uh, usernames. I am at Imagine Nerding and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. And be sure to call us on the Communicore Weekly Hotline. Call us to let us know anything. We're going to get around to that mailbag show. I swear, it's happening soon. We're going through the ones that we can use, so it's going to happen. Or leave us a go. <laughs> the, the phone number is 424-785-4628. So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. And for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Charlie Boats.